So Carrie, yeah, who are we interviewing? Oh my gosh, I'm excited. I think I always say that, but I am always excited, truly. Jane Martin. Oh my God. Jam Bardo. Jam Bardo, mezzo. Mezzo soprano, extraordinaire. Yeah. Absolutely. And what else? What's like, seriously, Jamie does everything. She can sing anything. Anything. Well, I love her platforms that she is very vocal about and stands up for. It's super cool. We talked a lot about that. About that. We also talked about some stuff. Maybe I'll put it in the clip. Maybe. Surprise. Surprise. You know if you don't watch the clip, you just won't know what we talked about. Ding, ding, ding. So, there you go. Oh, do, do I have to ring this again? Well, that's if you, want, if you want to subscribe and know when our videos are dropping. I mean, come on. Please, people. Please. Meh. Loud. Oh. <laughs> oh, just watch the damn clip. Thank you. Bing. Bing. We didn't even talk about opera much. See? That's okay. Uh, I think some days it's okay. Like some days we just want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Go with the flow. What are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about sex toys. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and that is going to be the promo for our show. <laughs> Jamie Barton. Jamie Barton and Sex Toys coming up. Coming up. <laughs> has already happened here in Canada so we have moved on to the Christmas spirit rude well, listen I, I actually literally put up on Facebook last night I was like so we're all doing Christmas early this year right like and late I think we need six months of Christmas <laughs> I, I think it's genuinely a thing I was asking because I see so many people who already have you know Christmas trees up who are already yes. like I'm already listening to Christmas music I'm like we need this oh yeah I, I think I don't know. I don't know if I can handle it. When I saw, I think it was Christine Gerke's got her tree and the stockings up and I was like, what? What? I haven't even seen my bird yet. I need my stuffing and my mashed potatoes and my bird. Sorry. Oh, I've already had it. I, I, I went ahead and like ordered my Christmas tree to come like after Thanksgiving. Oh, so okay. It will be coming at some point, but it's just adorable. I think everybody's like, we need some mm -hmm. Christmas spirit to get through this 2020 clusterfuck. <laughs> Thank you. Shit show. Oh my Shit show. And that means, that means you're home for Christmas. That means you're not on the road. Girl, where else am I? <laughs> where else are <laughs> all of us? All of we. Yeah, exactly. Now, oh I don't know if you know, if you know Carrie, Carrie Alchema. Carrie, I actually don't think that we've met before. We my met mom. one time when Sandra and I were having dinner. <gasps> right. And you probably don't remember that because- um, where was that restaurant? It's right across the street from the Met. It was oh, the what? Was it Fiorello's? Fiorello's. Or Baloo. No, it was Baloo because we went for burgers and fries. Ooh, that's that's right. right. And I just came in and crashed the party for a second. Yeah. You came in and you were like, bah! and then you were like, bah! <laughs> Jamie never does that. Never, yeah. ever. I don't know why you would ever accuse me of something like that ever. Oh my God. So <laughs> where are you? It. You're at home? Yeah, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, where there's so much going on there right now. Yes, because we're having a runoff in January, aren't we? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I have already gotten my uh, mail-in ballot uh, applied for. My it, it's, it's actually really cool. I, I, I think, you know, in, in years past, it's so, so typical for Democrats to be like, woohoo! presidential and then not show up for runoffs and stuff right. like that. But I actually think that this year, like huge. People are actually galvanized. I think there's there's a, a real chance we might be able to flip that Senate, which would be amazing. Girl, I hope so. Seriously, I hope so. 
Same, same so, thing. Something needs to happen, girl. I was just, Carrie and I were just saying, 2019 sucked balls really badly for me. And I'm just like wishing I could time travel back to 2019 now because 2020 was, it's just been like beyond words. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, I was just talking with friends. I, one of the questions on here was, it's been eight months since I've sung. I know Sandra's been able, been lucky enough to sing a couple things, but how has that been for you? How long have you been without work? How's that, what is that like? Um, I, I, I will say that I was without work until oh, end-ish of September, mid-end of September. I managed to pick up a random uh, one-off kind of concert um, saying a, a filmed, like a TV filmed uh, concert that they're going to be airing on uh, PBS on New Year's Eve. Cool. Mount Vernon, which is really cool. And I actually got to sing uh, an aria in honor of RBG because uh, it's right after she passed. So that was completely unplanned. Uh, and I was so, so grateful to have it. So, so grateful to get to like sing. What's period. Period. What is you know, that? end of sentence. <laughs> right. Period. But, um, but but that that cropped up and then i actually had two contracts back to back that didn't cancel um yeah i know i know the anomaly entirely um in the states obviously right what was that in the states yeah yeah uh my poor passport it's felt very neglected yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> i know i know she thinks that i divorced her i divorced her at this point it's like what She's like, I'm, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> it might expire, you know, and then we're going, oh. I literally oh. just got a new one. Like it was, oh. it, you know, like I think the new one came in like January of this last year because I, I had just gotten to the point where all the pages were full. So I was like, okay, yeah. so I'm going to get a new one. Okay. Yeah. I think the joke is I got a new one and thought, oh, I should get the one with like the extra pages in it, you know, just so I don't have to beat <laughs> that again. Um, joke. <laughs> Same. Yeah, and you pay extra for people out yeah. there that don't know. You pay extra for those big passports with lots of extra pages yeah. on it. And now we're like, mm, we're going to fill like four pages before it has to be renewed again. Hey, okay, come on. There's yeah. going to be a vaccine. We are going to get back to work. I, I have rose-colored glasses on. It's going to happen. I completely agree with you. I, and I actually, you know, I who knows how long it's going to take, but I actually, I believe in science. And yeah. I believe in human ingenuity and resilience and all of this and I, I know I, I, I feel it in my bones that we will get back to it. Me too and that's the only thing and, and I think if we don't have hope no one else is going to have hope for us you know we are in a, a category all by ourselves I mean singers all of us singers artists all of us so if yeah. we don't keep that support and support everyone else then you know who else is going to do it for us so. Totally. But can we be like super real and say it honestly it changes day by day, sometimes hour by hour. Sometimes I'm like really happy, happy and positive and practicing. And then other days I'm like, um, where's the chocolate and the vodka? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, Jamie, but I've been working since I was 15, probably 14 with babysitting and crap. And to be this long without, I mean, there's jobs coming, but I'm still waiting. Are we doing them? Are we not doing them? What's happening? So you don't know how to plan or prepare for the future. Um, yeah. It's very strange. So that was one of our questions, though, because we have these, you know, swings up and down. How are you dealing with your, if you are having the swings, at least like I am, are you, how are you dealing with them? Honestly, I mean, if, if there is... I think that there are actually several sil silver linings when it comes to like pandemic 2020. Mm -hmm. For me, one of the big ones is that because I've just been in my condo alone for basically for eight months, I have had a lot of time to really do some work on myself um, oh, and to really like invest in some time with my therapist, which I am so uh, unbelievably grateful that I am privileged enough to be able to afford therapy during this time. Cool. Um, but one of the things that I've really, really, you know, been able to dive into is staying present. And that has helped me actually through those, those days where, and, yeah. and sometimes it's weeks <laughs> at yep. one point yeah. it was 
it, several months of just down. And, you know, for me, it's, it's not necessarily, it's, it's not about ignoring those feelings and trying to move mm -hmm. through them. It's, it's like, it's, it's like a panic attack. It's like sitting mm -hmm. in the feelings and going, okay, cool. Let's breathe through this. Right. Let's, Acknowledge okay. that it's happening. Exactly. Exactly. And I've learned some tools to help myself, you know, move through them in a way that doesn't ignore them, but helps process them. Yes. And I think, honestly, massive bonus. I'm going to take this with me from here on out. You know? We talked about this. You and I had a discussion about this. I remember a couple of years ago. Yeah. When your career, because your career truly was like this and like that. <laughs> I mean, you, you won the Richard Tucker Award, right? Yeah. And then it was like, Jamie Barton everywhere. <laughs> I thought and it was learned BBC. how many, I'm sorry. I, I thought it was the BBC that actually put you on the map. It was several years of mm -hmm. a couple of, like, literally it was like BBC, Tucker, Beverly Sills, Marian Anderson, like a whole bunch okay. of reports just kind of slotted in, in within the span of a few years. And okay, just, cool. And you yeah. were learning new role after, I remember we talked about that and you said, yeah, exactly. It was like from this new role to, oh, this opera written for you to, you know, and how, how did you eventually deal with all that? Or did you, or was this just now you dealing with it all? I mean, in some ways, this is just me dealing with it now. It, you know, it, it's been, I, I remember when I came to you because I, I really needed to talk with somebody who had been through that kind of stress, who had been through the stress of bless, as I like to call it. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I like that, stress of bless, cool. Yeah, I mean, like, to, to figure out how to do it and there isn't an answer to that. There isn't really a, well, this is how you do it. You can try to, you know, <laughs> handle it the best you can, but unless you give yourself the space to be able to balance mm -hmm. that, and, and in this career, in the travel schedule, in the learning of music schedule, in the life schedule outside of this career, which barely gets a sliver of the pie chart, I feel right. like at times. True. Um, you know, they're just, there's so, so, so little time. So once again, you know, silver lining of getting yeah. time to just really kind of focus in on it. I honestly think that the answer though, and this is the answer that I've come to and I'm really, you know, I'm here for is just balance. Yeah. Really, really, really actually giving myself not balance in terms of like, I'm looking from here until 2025 and where do I put in breaks? It's, that's yeah. an element of it. Like mm -hmm. that's not overcrowding my schedule for sure. But what am I doing today? You mm -hmm. know, what am I doing today to move my body, to meditate, to, mm -hmm. to give myself space for myself? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know about you guys, but so often the, the name of the formula is like alarm goes off, roll over, pick up my phone, start scrolling through emails, you know, oh, or yeah. start answering social media or, you know, and, and then it's just the entire day after that is that. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's a level of stress that I just, I, I don't think it actually, um, I don't think it fosters the greatest product, you yeah. know, no. in life or in career. And no, you are on that treadmill and, and we get in, <clears throat> excuse me, we get to this place in our career where you just keep going, going, going like that little, the little mouse on the treadmill. And until you step off of that and look at it this way instead of that way, you don't realize exactly how stressed you are and how you're not really living life. You're just moving through it. Well, and how your body I don't know about you guys, but like my body manifested stress for years in different ways. There were, I remember there was one time I was on the road for seven months straight and I was literally every climate between Russia and January and Cooperstown, New York in the summertime, you know, like yeah. it was just everything. And there were four uh, opera gigs that were kind of back to back and I got sick on like dress week for every single one of them, sick to the point where it wasn't just like, oh, I don't feel well, but it was like, no, I need steroids and antibiotics yeah, to be able I'm gonna to die. Job. Right. 
And it was kind of at that point that I sat down with my management. And I was like, okay, I've, I've hit a threshold wall and we, you know, we, we've got to figure out what to do with it. And luckily I, I have like the best team in the world to work with. And they really have done um, amazing things to help me every single time I've come to them and said, Hey, I need to readjust my pace or something like yeah. that. But it really does. It manifests in the body. Like I ended up in the hospital last year, like, and once again, just the body will tell you, <laughs> Sure does. you know, but do you give yourself the time to be able to listen? Right. I, I found what I find interesting is, um, you know, over the years I've been, uh, I've learned so many different tools on how to deal with my own stuff, you know, through therapy and all that kind of stuff. And what's interesting is, and I know exactly what I'm doing when I'm doing it, which is, I always felt now I'm so glad I have that knowledge. And if I choose to do that, I know what the consequences are. Does that make sense? Cause there's always a, you know, yin and yang to all of it. Um, what I found in the last month for myself and I actually marked it on the calendar was, I don't want to numb this out. I don't want to numb what's happened to us in the last eight months out anymore. I want to deal with it. I want to look at it. I want to see where I can actually grow within this. And it's funny that it took me this long. It took me seven months to figure out, you know what? I don't think all that day drinking is really a good thing for you <laughs> because it's every day. It's not like it's occasional, which alcohol always was for me or food or, you know, what, you know, I, it kind of just compounded itself into sugar, all, you know, all these things. And I could numb it out really easily, but then I wake up in the morning, I'm on my phone, I'm reading, you know, what's Donald Trump is doing and I'm having a heart attack in my bed. And so you're just, kind, and then, then you read, you see what's happening in the opera world. You're happy one day because Germany was able to open up and then the next day, oh, we're shut down. <laughs> so I just, um, I, I love that mindfulness sitting with those feelings can be extremely difficult and painful. And I, so I applaud you for, for doing that work. Cause I know how hard that is. I've been there. Like the state of grief, you know, I think that's why it's taken all of us so long is because we're grieving the loss of a career right now. We have, we have worked so hard to get where we all are and to have that just ripped out from underneath us is definitely grief. And there's different stages of it. And I think acknowledging it is the hardest one. Well, in the heart, I, I think added on top of that, it's the stages of grief compounded with exactly what Carrie was saying. It was that, you know, it's, it's just a continuing cycle. Like which, you know, how are these gigs going to happen? Okay. Well, they offered mm -hmm. me this. Is it still going to be there? You know, and that's just the career side. There's the, yes. there's the grief of the, the, the stress and grief of the election cycle, I think was a major thing for so many yeah. people, you know, the pandemic. I, I, well, you, you know, were touched by that, right? Yeah. Yeah. My, my stuff. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. My, my mother and stepfather ended up both getting COVID. Um, and it wasn't, uh, you know, being from a small Southern town, you know, and them still living there, I think the, the thought very often is, or the assumption is that, you know, oh, well, they got it when they left the house. Well, the problem, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that my stepfather had MS and he was homebound. And so we think it likely came in with one of the healthcare professionals um, you know, who are doing everything in their power to right. stay well and stay safe. But the fact of the matter is, is that coming from a small southern town, not everybody is wearing masks, you know, not everybody is being careful. And so it ended up uh, touching us very, very personally. Um, my stepfather did end up uh, passing away from it in August. My mother, thank God, uh, is fine. She's okay. still, she had a pretty mild case and she's still dealing with some of the, uh, like the, the fatigue, mm -hmm. a little bit of um, like uh, confusion, you know, yeah. just fuzzy brainedness. Right. Um, <clears throat> but it, it was hard. It's, you know, like it, it's, it's, it's no joke. And yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that that, happened to you and that it hit that close to you. I have um, family members that are healthcare workers and the stories that I'm hearing are horrendous, especially now that cases are now back up and the hospitals are packked well, with, why aren't we hearing these? We're not hearing this 
to see, you know, for people to really like, it's not about your right to wear a mask. It's about all of our right to be safe and healthy and take care of one another. So I'm sorry. I'm so sorry you all went through that. Our local hospital is at 100% right now. So if anybody is deathly ill, they now have to ship them to another hospital. And we live out where we are the divas in the woods. So, <laughs> I mean, and people say then that this is not a real virus and this is not a real thing. I mean, I had it, Jamie. I had it in March. I had no idea, Sam. Well, well, I didn't tell anybody because I didn't know if it was going to be like, yeah, I know, carrier. But if, if I didn't know if it was going to be like the Scarlet Letter. I mean, look at what we do. Of course. So I kept quiet about it. And, you know, I Duncan is still, doesn't have his appetite back. So this stuff is real. I mean, Duncan has lost 15 pounds because he can't eat. He gets nauseous when he eats yeah. certain things. So I'm sorry, but, you know, people out there, they need to know that this is real. Wear a mask. Absolutely. You know? and, and that it's... Uh... I, I have, I, I will admit that I, especially in losing my stepfather, I tend to process a lot of anger and frustration yeah. with the notion that masks are in any, any way political. Right. Um, you know, the, the, they are protective. They are protective for the people that you come in contact with for yourself. You know, um, it's, it's, yeah. Lots of anger and frustration. <laughs> yes, but we are not numbing out with alcohol and food. We are going to work through that so that yes. we're healthier on the other side of it, right? Yes. yes. So let's talk about that because I know that you have very publicly announced that you have started this healthy, health, getting healthy journey. Mm -hmm. I don't want to call it weight loss because it, you didn't say it, that it's just Jamie 2.0, getting yeah. healthy. How's that going? Well, I, I will say, uh, I guess the, the announcement that I did for, for those who may not uh, have seen it back in, gosh, a year and a half ago, um, was that I was uh, stepping away from diets entirely. Um, and it was a huge decision that took years, years, years to come to, years of personal struggle, years of talking with a therapist, years of... <laughs> all sorts of things, but um, this was kind of coming right alongside the time when um, that health thing manifested in me having to be in the hospital. And all of a sudden it wasn't, it was no longer about like, do I want to be smaller? Do I want opera companies to cast me as Carmen? You know, do I want, you know, all of these things? Yes, I, I yeah, on some level I do, but when it comes right down to it, Am I healthy? Am I, and am I going to live? Right. And it became, it, it, it was a very long few months in conversation with my therapist and with a dietitian for me to understand what they were saying was don't diet. We've got to, you know, we learn how to hear your body, hear your body's cues in terms of what you want to eat, when you want to eat, how hungry are you, how not hungry are you, you know, like, because <laughs> when it comes right down to it, I do have an eating disorder, I, I binge eat, and it is something that I still struggle with, I will admit that the, the pandemic has been hard, for yeah. I mean, it's been hard for everybody, yeah, but, but, no, but I mean, no, for, yeah, I said with eating disorders and also mental health issues. Yeah, I think this is going to be the collateral damage. You know, the the, the fallout of this, people yeah. not being able to talk with people about all these issues. Is, yeah, it's so. it's been really hard to be um, in my house with. You know, it's basically Groundhog Day, right? Oh, <laughs> you know, Oh my God. Yes. Every day is Groundhog Day. Yes. What do you have to do? Well, I happen to love to cook. So yay on some sides. Right. And then, no crap. Now I have a lot of food that, and I'm just sitting around not doing anything. Yes. Not motivated to, to, to do anything. You know, it, depression and anxiety kind of have me in this like juggernaut of a situation of just 
falling back on what I have done my whole life, which is binge eat. Right. Um, so there, there has been, I, I just want to highlight that I think it's normal for, yes. for all of us to be struggling with whatever our fallbacks are. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the walk that I started about a, a year and a half ago in terms of uh, releasing diet, <laughs> uh, dieting, diet culture from my life mm. was just revolutionary on a massive level. Um, all of a sudden, my, my numbers, you know, like the blood sugar, cholesterol, like that kind of stuff over the course of the months after that started to actually like go down and to, yeah. to stabilize, which is, um, I'm, I've got diabetes. And so, you know, that's a very important thing when it comes to a diabetic life. Right. Um, you know, and hilariously enough, and I, I want to be very clear that this was never the point and I am not assigning moral uh, judgment either way, but hilariously enough, after years of me trying to diet, I lost 40 pounds. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Like how your brain and your body connection, you know, somehow with those tools was able to just say, oh, this is what you want. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it was, it, once again, it's the whole conversation of balance. Absolutely. And here I was learning how to hear my body when I was hungry or not, or what I wanted, you know? And so when I was actually very, centered in the present of, of that, then I found myself feeling so much better. I, I, in a physical way, I feel so much better. And yeah. so that, that has been a truly revolutionary thing for I me. I love that. You, know? I, you look clear. You look great. I'm, I honestly, you look, you look happy, you look healthy. And that is the most important. You know? I, I really loved your when you announced that. I wish I'd known you because I really wanted to talk to you about it just because of my own journey and what I learned and the tools. And I was curious to see if your tools were the similar or the same or whatever. You know, I have like lists of questions that I ask myself because mine is more about emotional eating. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, are you really hungry? If you're not, why? Can you name what that why is? What is that color? What is that word? What is that, you know, all these things. And sometimes I tell her to fuck off. I don't care. I'm going to go do what I want to do. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, sometimes I, I think once again, people, we, we are taught to assign a moral judgment to eating. Right. When eating is quite literally a process of the body that we need to do in order to live. Yeah. Your hunger cues, which is something that I spent years and years and years with diet culture trying to learn how to suppress, mm -hmm. it's as natural as the impetus to breathe. And mm -hmm. so sometimes, you know, with emotional eating, sometimes with binging, sometimes with whatever, it's going to happen. Yeah. The issue isn't that it happened, though. No. The issue becomes if you don't find your way back towards balance right you know and i honestly i think you know when i when i hear of other people going through struggles i my, i'm so empathetically there with them and i'm just like in the background like cheering for them to find that balance not yeah. to be perfect and not to lose weight and not right. to cut calories or restrict but but to really find that balance point that works well for them because that's the healthy point, man. <laughs> and we're not taught that. No. So no. let me ask you this because this is, you know, what so much of our business is about what we look like because what we look like can decide what roles we're singing, what repertoire we're singing, which I hate more than life itself because you have some people with lighter voices, bigger bodies singing bigger repertoire, and then you don't hear from them after five years. It's ridiculous. So I don't know if you want to go down this road. I'm, we're happy not to. You can say, Carrie, shut the fuck up. We're not talking about this. But um, I, so I'm just like, stop cussing, Carrie. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so. I would like to know if, because I know this is true in the business for certain friends, um, about has anybody given you a hard time or said, we're not going to hire you because of your weight? Has anybody said, I want to put in a contract that um, please don't gain any weight from now until when you show up to the theater? Or you have to lose X amount of weight too. Right, before you show up. Like, is that a real thing that you know about? So that's not just rumors or... I know, f I, I have never experienced that particular thing. I do, however, have like firsthand knowledge of other friends having yeah. experienced that. Um, yes, absolutely. There are certain opera houses that have never hired me, mostly in Europe, um, okay. 
because mm -hmm. of my size. Uh, there are certain houses in the United States that won't hire me for romantic leads. Um, you know, whatever that is. I <laughs> actually very specifically remember a Norma happening at one house where the general director, this was before the, the Met one happened the first time for me. The, the general director told the casting director, who the casting director really wanted to put me forward for this, but the general director told them that um, uh, there was no way that I was a believable ingenue. You know, and of course, Adalgisa goes on to be like one of my <laughs> standard roles. <laughs> yep. You was, know, that, was that a, a happy moment for you? You're kind of like you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it definitely still exists. Now, that being said, yes, it still exists. I also feel like it's changing. Good. I hope I, so. I, I genuinely do. Um, I, I, I look at something... Uh, if you look at like the Met HD kind of things, I am actually seeing more singers of size, more women singers of size, because male singers of size haven't encountered the same amount of scrutiny. But um, I'm seeing more of that through that kind of lens, which I think is pretty major when it comes to the opera world at large and really, really informs uh, the American companies in a, mm -hmm. in a big, big way. I want to see more. Right. I want to, you know, I, I, I have very, very strong opinions on, you know, some roles that are so traditionally cast with only, you know, people of this particular size, um, you know, and I, 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 I'm waiting for, especially the larger opera houses to right. be a little more brave in, in <laughs> believing that, you know, an audience member can, you know, suspend disbelief or God forbid, be attracted to a larger person <laughs> oh come on you yeah. know i mean seriously I, I, but i feel like our industry oh i'm sorry i feel like our industry is so far behind everyone because even television totally hasn't caught up to that i mean thank god for like people like sandra rhymes or you know is that her name yeah sandra rhymes chandra i mean who who actually you know is all about everything about not just size you know but about whatever you know what i mean like the the whole equality across the board but we, but we are so far behind even like in technology for opera that i just wonder like am i actually going to see this in my lifetime am i going to see the rainbow on the stage am i am i maybe i'm a little negative right now and i'm not like well no i mean we have to first have open the doors of the opera houses again yeah right and then and then i mean i don't even know if some of these opera houses can have discussions about any of this now because they're furloughed and they're not allowed to talk anymore. No, but I mean, the, the history of it is that the board, the board helped decide what happened. So you have these board members that are saying, no, I don't want to, I don't, excuse my word for fat, but they don't want a fat person or they don't want a black person or they don't want a gay person, whatever it is, yeah. um, on stage. And so then the general director had to be like, okay, well, if I need this money to pay for this, I can't hire Jamie Barton or Kiri Alkama or whatever for this role because supposedly that board member doesn't think they're believable in that part. So yeah. I feel like the changes have to happen within that and also mm -hmm. having general and artistic directors that say, well, then I don't need you on my board. You know what I mean? Then we'll find money in different, in different ways. And the age of the boards, I mean, come on. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I genuinely, this is where I think we have a little bit of hope right now because the size discussion is just one facet right. of the, the, the entire issue that is representation mm -hmm. on stage, diversity on stage. Yeah. I am seeing, and I'm, I'm curious if you guys have, have heard anything about this too, but I, I, I have been actually hearing from different opera houses who were really, really interested in getting a lot of different views, whether it be opera company A, who really wants to put together a diversity board that has a lot of different kind of, um, or maybe board as the, maybe artistic advisory council, you know, that would be, mm -hmm. a, a, you know, mainly made of artists and, you know, people that they employ that could help guide the mm -hmm. house. Or, you know, opera company B, who is actually starting to say, okay, the requirements to be on the board are not just money. You know, the, the requirements to be on the board are money and money and experience, you know, where you come from. Like, there are so many valuable things that a board really could tap into. Sure. Um, and this is all going along with the diversity conversation in general mm -hmm. and so I do 
I, I, I'm with you, Carrie. I wonder if it's going to happen in our lifetimes, you know, but I, I think that right now we have the possibility of moving forward in a much more inclusive way, yeah. in a way that puts opera on stage, that tells the story from different points of views than just, right. if, if I may be as bold, just to say, thin white people. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's true. It's true though, come That's on. Yeah. I mean, Jamie, listen, you, you came out as gay, mm -hmm. bisexual, gay, what would you, how would you, do you, you know what? You don't have to put a stamp on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm bi, pan, queer, any one of those three I, I tend to, to, to identify with. And did you, did you run into, that was what, in like 2014? 2014, yeah. Did you run into issues with the opera houses back then? Not at all. <laughs> Listen, we, we, we are in the gaberhood of arts. Right. We? I mean, like in so many ways. Now, That's a good hashtag, gaberhood of arts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and realistically speaking, I also already had success. I am also white. Yeah. You know, like there yeah. are so many things that already afforded me some privilege going forward in that. But that being said, to me, the opera industry has, you know, we, we, it has been the industry of the queer community for so, so long anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I will say that the, the hilarious thing was just that I did find scrutiny from some of my friends, not in the like, you're terrible, you shouldn't be bisexual kind of way, but mainly from my gay friends. <laughs> like, really? My gay girlfriends <laughs> almost like without question, so many of them were like, lesbo. Like, <laughs> they were, seriously. They were like, yeah, you're on the bridge to lesbian. Welcome to the queer community. We'll meet you on the other side when you finally accepted that you're entirely gay. And I'm like, yeah. I promise you I'm not. Like, I, I never, actually, you know what? Number one, I am entirely queer. My queer just happens to be that I am attracted to a myriad of genders. Yes. You know, I'm not just on one side of the fence or the other. And then with my lesbian friends, actually, they, it, there was almost this kind of like, um, for a little while, and I, I will say that it dissipated after a while, but there was almost this kind of feeling of like, okay, I'm going to put you at an arm's length now because I don't trust you because now oh. you're kind of one of us, but you also like men and I don't like that. Oh, um, interesting. You were yeah. judged because... <laughs> That's yeah. Weird. Bisexuality still has, and this is one of the reasons that I'm like loud and proud about it is that bisexuality, <laughs> even within the queer community still has a lot of representation issues. But um, I, I, back to your question, no, like when it came down to the, the opera houses, I really didn't encounter very much at all. Good. Yay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Can I be super nosy? Yeah. Um, okay. Are you single now? So single, very single. Okay, how the hell is that going during COVID? Because <laughs> some of my single friends are like, I mean, Lord, please, Jesus, sweet Jesus, like COVID needs to end. There are only so many toys, people. There's only so many toys. Sorry. Girl. Girl. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm gone. Bye. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> I think Sandra just turned like five shades of purple. <laughs> Hey, listen, girl, when you're on the road, you got to do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. <laughs> do what you got to do. So how's no, that going? Gonna... Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Girl, yeah. I am an open book. I'm serious. Okay. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I'll be thoroughly honest. Like up until about July, I didn't have a libido. Like, okay. Me, like when stress really hits me, that goes out the window. Okay. Um, and for sure, I was thick in the middle of um, <laughs> stress, anxiety, depression, all of it. So my, that plate was so full, I couldn't even think that direction. Okay. Um, since then, it's gotten a lot better. I've, I actually dated a guy for a little bit here in Atlanta. Cool. Um, that did not go the direction that I was hoping that it would, but, um, you know, they love me. Yeah. But, uh, but it, it, you know, like, like you said, Sandra, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta yeah. do what you gotta do. Gotta do. No, but I'm actually thinking that I'm really enjoying single life right now. Yeah. Like, but you've I, been in a lot since I met you. You've been in a few relationships. A few, yeah. Well, it, it's it's not something that I 
uh, advertise, but it's something I'm totally comfortable talking about. I'm polyamorous. So I tend to, you know, if I am actually dating, I tend to, to date multiple people. I also have what I call my lover friends and yeah. these people who are very, very, very dear to me, like, like forever friends kind of people who sure. we also happen to have a sexual component to our relationship. Cool. You know, not that I'm seeing any of them right now during sure. the pandemic, but you yeah. know, but that being said, it's really wonderful to be able to text these people and still have an access yeah. to affection. Yeah. yeah. Talk yeah. about that. I love that. You know, and have some kind of discussion about it or how you're feeling or, Hey, you know, blah, blah. Okay, so I've got a silly question for you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I just have to say, and she's going to kill me for talking about this on here, but my mother-in-law uh, started dating in, during COVID, and she didn't tell us. And then, you know, I think when she was finally ready to let us know that it was happening, my first question was, are you only dating each other? And she was like, yes. And I'm like, okay, so how safe is he? You know, because she, you know, with COVID and everything, like, I don't want to lose her. So, I mean, I asked her like a tons of different questions. And then, <laughs> because how are you making sure, you know, are you kissing? I did ask her that rudely, but I was like, are you doing that? Because it's COVID, you know, how do you make this happen? So, but they're making it work and they're having a great time in the villages. Yeah. The villages? The villages where oh, there's the no. highest rating of, uh, of sexual diseases. I was just going to say, know that. worry more about the sexual STDs than about COVID. Well, I did talk with her about that. Like, I hope that she was being careful. And um, now she's really going to disown me my ass now because we'll talk <laughs> about that. But we can always touch you now, can't we? Yeah. Well, my mom and her 96-year-old boyfriend, you know, they're... They they kiss each other and oh yeah I know my mom is gonna be eighty three in February and her boyfriend is ninety six and they are just about the cute. You know what? Cheers to your mom. Cheers. Cheers to He is making spirits bright for sure. I you know I might have to pick my titties up and flip them over my things at ninety six, but I'm ready. Mary and I we've we've already decided we were gonna be in the villages, but yeah I think we're gonna have to find some other place besides villages. I don't know. Really. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. FYI, Jamie, like this is a this is for real. This is the thing. Like I've already told my mother-in-law, like if you put in new floors, I need to see what they are because we are all converging down in the villages yeah. when we retire. Sandra and I are gonna be like, because we figured that we're not gonna have our husbands on by that point, we're gonna outlive them, and they all know this. Well, um, we're gonna be in the villages and be like total whores. <laughs> okay, now I am willing to bet that the villages aren't the West Village and the East Village in New York City. Please tell oh, me. Oh no, it's in. It's like adult Disneyland in Florida. Retirement <laughs> Disneyland in Florida. Yeah. And you it's like, you have to Google this. Yeah, you can't live there unless you're 55 and up. And and drinks are in in very cheap. They have these centers of town. Like you don't ever need to live in the villages. They have everything. Like she said, it's Disney World. And they have they have codes like if your garage door is halfway up, it means you're single and you're and you're looking. But if your garage door is all the way up, you know, you're a player. I mean, it's a scene. Listen, I am so here for sex positive older adults. I am so, so here for that. Right? Honey, I, you know when I'm 90 years old, my ass is still going to be that kind of like, let's go do it. Let's have fun. Like, whatever. Yeah, we need, we need Jane Fonda's from that show. What's that show she was in? Um, that she has like a wrist guard, you know, for your hand. Because oh, you're yeah. older. Oh, yeah. show with Lily Tomlin. Yeah, and they have like specific toys for older women. Like I'm like, listen, ladies, that's gonna be our new career in retirement. <laughs> I'm here for that. Okay, I'm just putting that okay. Out. Yeah, we, you can we, we can add you too. Yeah, you're on the list. Right. Yep. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I have a silly question to ask you. Yes. And, and Carrie wanted to ask it too, just 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 because we're gonna be rude. Okay, no, don't don't throw my name under the bus. You, this is your idea. There you go. <laughs> I have never kissed a girl. Uh huh. Katie who kisses better, guys or girls? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Um, or is there is or is there a one better than the other? I mean, it's it's so individual. It's so okay. individual because one would think that like like I guess on on one hand somebody might think you know okay women kiss more gently and that kind of thing and men are more aggressive. Not necessarily the case at all. Not not a single bit. And like non-binary people also 
completely like, you know, in my, you know, small sliver of experience, yeah. it's just, I, it's such an individual thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm welcoming auditions right now if people want to like make sure I was sure just going to say, you know, it was a little segue there. Like, um, <clears throat> if you guys want to write us, we'll, ju we'll just send you Jam Barto there. We'll send Listen, her. Listen, all I need is just like a good COVID test and a little quarantining and I'm so down for this. And you're so. good to go. Yeah. Okay, all of you out there. So, you know, write us here at Screaming Divas. And <laughs> we'll get you in touch with you. are now matchmaking company. <laughs> Well, honeys, I am single as hell, and I trust y'all's intuition. So, yeah, set me up. Just set okay. me up. <laughs> okay, Carrie, we're gonna we're gonna make a little money on the on the side here. Oh, yeah, I'm ex I'm excited. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Did any of you guys watch the show The Big Bang? Yes. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. They had like a machine where they they could they put it up to their mouths. You know, they're scientists, and so they made a thing where it was you could French kiss with somebody who was in another town or you know through another you know, you're on Zoom or whatever, and they made a thing where you can French kiss, and I'm like, we need one of those for COVID right now. Why hasn't somebody done that? <laughs> I mean, I can think of several, you know, shops that would do well with having that in their stock. Poor Jamie. Yep. Poor Jamie. Oh, sorry. We didn't really even talk about, like, how you got into opera, because you know what? You've spoken about that all so much, haven't you? It's like, we wanted to talk to Jamie, like, Jamie, you know, not the opera. But how are seriously how refreshing <laughs> isn't it don't aren't you just tired so tell me if if i get on and all these interview requests right so tell me how did you become an opera singer and you go oh my gosh obviously you didn't do Google. research google <laughs> what is it jfgi just fucking google it <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Oh my God, I'm like anytime I need a hashtag, I'm calling you. I'm gonna be like, um, I need a hashtag for this topic. What do you think? Go. <laughs> He's the best. I mean, seriously, I've known, I've known Jamie like a while. The Norma, that was the first at the Met, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, 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 I've got a good, I have a question. Okay, so I know, you know, cause you're with Michael Benjamin, which means you're, you know, we're, we're all connected to Marilyn Horn in some way or another, oh, right? Yeah, totally. Oh yeah. So I love her because she was like, I wanted them to put soprano after my name on all my contracts because I wanted to get paid the same amount as Joan or sopranos in general. So I would like to know, has Michael done that for you? And are you getting paid as paid as much as sopranos? Cause you deserve uh, it. I mean, I don't know why there's a difference between sopranos and mezzo. Screw that. I have, I, 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 number one, probably not, uh, for, you know, it, none of us actually talk about what, the, like what we make. It's such a personal conversation because it's such a sure. negotiated thing between managements and companies. Um, I am making plenty for myself and I'm happy with that. Okay. Um, you know, I, I would not guess that I'm making as much as my soprano and tenor colleagues, but that being said, after a couple of years of having just done like some of my first title roles mm -hmm. fair absolutely fair wow. I'm, you know if I'm singing a seconda donna kind of role right I shouldn't be getting as much as the person singing the title role you know I should yeah. I, I should be paid, paid fairly for sure and so should they you know yes I, what I want done with is the disparity between men and women between okay. what the tenors are paid and what the sopranos are, are paid because that's a hot damn mess people yeah. Yeah. Well, you sing. Uh, okay. We didn't talk about singing. I lied. I'm going to talk a little bit because I've always wanted to ask you this. You sing basically, we would say from soup to nuts. <laughs> you really do. Like most, most people sing, you know, a little, little, you sing. I mean, we did what Deborah together. We did Norma together. Then you went right after that and went and sang Fricka. And then you sang the Julia Child and you sing Jake Hagee's music and you even sing like jazz and pop, right? I had a concert yesterday where I was singing Bonnie Raitt and Alison Krauss. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, how do you do that? I want to hear that. <laughs> and it's good. It's amazing. She's, Jamie is one of those people that can do awesome everything and do it awesomely. So, I think the coloratura, no coloratura. Oh, okay. excuse me. Okay, so when, when I beg the difference. I'd like to go to karaoke bar. When's that happening? <laughs> you know what's really funny is I hate, like I I cannot karaoke. I get up there and I sound I, I sound like an opera singer singing karaoke. I have to work really hard on specific songs. Like I was doing Angel from Montgomery 
yesterday, okay. Bonnie Raitt, and I, you know, I sat down and I sang through it the first couple of times, and I was like, too much vibrato, like. <laughs> I sound like an opera singer. Exactly, so I have to actually work on it, so like, when I go to do, I would go to karaoke with you, number one, yes. Disney princess songs. Anytime. Uh, but when I go to karaoke, I almost always exclusively keep myself to either Shaka Khan or rapping. So. Oh, we got it. Oh, we need a video of that. We need video evidence. Um, that might break the internet. Just let so, me know, but I'm ready for it. <laughs> how, do you, how do you do it? Do you think differently? Do you think different technique? Do you think when you're singing Wagner, do you think vocally different than when you're singing Jane Seymour? absolutely 1000% absolutely so you change gears yeah I I don't think there's just one technique that serves everything I that that's that's um that 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 would be unrealistic you know the reality is that like if you're talking about like musical theater technique versus opera technique just in those two large swaths Mm -hmm. then you're basically talking about how to condition a certain set of muscles to do what you need it to do and the muscles that like a belter uses Mm -hmm. is different from and it's minutiae right I mean it's it's Mm -hmm. very much but it's 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 different than what we use for for opera so -hmm. when it comes to me you know for it it could be Verdi, Wagner, (laughs) Donizetti, Monteverdi choral music, theater, pop, you know, no matter what, it's, to me, it's all about the smartest way of doing it most effectively Mm -hmm. in a way that doesn't take away from, you know, the person. And that's what I kind of try to focus on. But I I come from a really varied background, you know, coming from Georgia, doing bluegrass when I was a kid, to musical theater and choir in high school. I love choral singing. I really, really, really do. Okay. Um, You know, and having a voice that literally does sing Fricka, Mm -hmm. being in a choir, it was actually one of my things that I had to figure out how to do that. I had to figure out how to blend my voice, how to make it work for that particular edge of Mm -hmm. the art form. And so that puzzle of making it work like figuring out what makes it work and if it can work because mm-hmm. like, there are definitely some things that I cannot sing for sure <laughs> but you know like that challenge of seeing how to do it is actually one of my favorite things um mm. and to me it keeps me flexible you know it, it really helps me you know <laughs> people <laughs> for for the long haul people have gotten really really confused of even what my voice type is and a lot of it, world. well, yeah, and I don't know about you guys, but for me, I, I really tend to see this when I do things that put me at the, the extremes. When we were doing, like, Ana Bolena, Giovanna Seymour sits really high. Yeah. Like, she's, girl, I don't sing her anymore. <laughs> like, there's a good reason I don't sing her anymore. She is so much work for me. But, like, when people hear me do that, I, I can't tell you how many people are like, oh, are you a baby? You're a soprano? No. Are you a little spin toe? You know, like, and then I sing Orfeo, um, and people are like, oh, "You're a contralto." Alto, yeah. Mm. You know, and so people, people hear what whatever I'm singing, and the fact of the matter is, is that what I've done is that I've gone in and figured out how to apply my voice to this particular piece in the most effective way. Yeah. Now. Sometimes that's going to leave me sounding like a contralto. Other times it's going to leave me sounding like a Brunhilde. But like the, the fact of the matter is, is that I'm a mezzo and I just, I happen, I, you know what? I'm going to toot my own horn. I happen to be really smart about what I do. Yes, and you I've are. Got, I've, I've got good teachers and right. good coaches that have taught me how to understand my own vocal pedagogy. And yes. so that's what it comes down you to. You took the time and you did the work. Yeah. I, I always find it funny I because people confused. They were like, what do you mean you sing Eboli and you also sing Elisabetta? And I was like, um, why, what do you mean? I mean, I built, I was a mezzo turned to soprano because the only reason why I went to soprano was because I was able to work more because people didn't want to hire me for what I was really good for as mezzo because I'm built with, you know, TNA. I mean, like I have, I'm not like, I'm built like a girl. I'm not built like a boy. Sorry. So nobody wanted to give me the pants rolls that I really was great at at the time. Does that make sense? So it was like, okay, 
all right, so you'll hire me for me. But to me, the same test of Torah as, as the other mezzo stuff I was singing anyway. But where was I going with that? There was a point. Sorry. No, oh, okay. it was just like I, nobody could understand how you could do both. I built a foundation that you could sing evenly from the top to the bottom. I just learned how to switch over differently as a soprano. Mm -hmm. But for the record, because I've sung Anna and Jane, Jane is higher than Anna. Anna is just longer. That yeah, the, way, the way Anna is written. Now, you know, when you got um, amazing, awesome, crazy ass girls over here that can like pop out a high E flat, that's different. <laughs> But Anna wasn't, was written lower than Jane. So yeah. you had Terry's done both of them. Oof. Yeah. yeah I mean, so it was so one props. And so well, I, listen, I didn't even, I thought, cause I'd learned Anna first and then somebody's like, do you want to sing Jane? And I'm like, sure. I just really love the show. Yeah. I'd love to sing Jane. When I, I waited till the last email, cause I don't know about you, but sometimes it's like, oh, you're gig gig. Oh, I'll put it off. I'll learn it later. And when I started learning it, I was like, oh my God, larynx in the eyeballs, larynx in the eyeballs. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and realistically speaking, even if you're looking at something like Elisabetta and Evelie, they're only a half step apart, really, tessitura-wise. Like, it's a half step. Now, that half step for me, whew, that's that, that might as well be a mile. Like, that's, okay. that's a big old cavern of a half step for me. But, like, it's not that far off, you no. know? No, it's not. Now, I will say... I knew that I was more soprano than mezzo because in Ebeli and the trio, I don't have the power down there that most mezzos that sing that have. So the trio, they kept, I love the conductor was like this. <laughs> don't you love like, that? Yes, yeah. I, I can't hear you. I'm like, I I'm, on an, come e, here, come here. I'm on an E above middle C and I've got a squealo tenor right next to me. There's no way you're hearing me no matter like, unless I'm, you know, I don't know. Some mezzos like you so listen yeah. I will tell you the truth whenever I sing Ebeli I learned the hard way like the getting booed on opening night kind of way that Bullshit. I, I don't believe no, that. I'm not even joking that's the one and only role I one and only performance I've ever been booed at Where and it, it was a really really hard situation it was just I mean it was it was a really really tough situation it was in Germany you know oh, it was sorry. a recount there the the conductor that was supposed to be there who I loved ended up like not being there and it was just it was a mess it was a mess but that being said I learned the hard way because the first night I got to sing it like all the way through was the opening night that I know I know it was everything um <laughs> is that if you gun too much in that trio yeah. you're gonna tank by the time you get to the end of the aria but the I I tanked yeah. Now, anytime I see, because I've seen that, 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 like, come on, come on, more, 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 give me more. You know, the last time I was singing Ebeli was actually when the pandemic went down, and I had uh, Bob Watson as the tenor and Lucas Meacham. Oh! <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I was doing? Exactly. Oh, you're like, why? Why? Don't buy it. I'm literally at the bottom of the staff and Lucas Meacham is next to me. Nobody's going to hear me. <laughs> like, well, um, with the conductor doing this, like I need more sound. It was also like, can you please come down to the footlights? You two boys stay back there, but the girl, get your booty down to the footlights. Those days though. Now, now talking about it, you're like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Do we want to do some rapid fire? Y'all do rapid fire. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, is there anything else, Gary, you want to ask? Oh my God, I could talk to Jane. I could talk to you forever. But like, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> we, Listen, we, we didn't we, even we, talk we, about again. opera. I know. We didn't even talk about opera much. See? That's okay. Yeah. I think some days it's okay. Like, some days we just want to talk about, yeah. yeah, go with the flow. What are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about sex toys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that is going to be the promo for our show. <laughs> Jamie Barton. Jamie Barton and Sex Toys coming up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, rapid fire. I needed the giggles today. Thanks for that, everybody. They're going to have some semblance of like, nah. Like rapid fire. Best thing you've binge watched lately? Ted Lasso on Is Apple it? Plus. It's so good. What? What? What's it called? Ted Lasso. Oh, Ted Lasso. Yes. Oh my gosh. He's funny. It's oh. so good. Okay. okay. And it's also so like healthy. 
like, me, like everything. I, I, I love me some Brene Brown, and she's actually the entire reason that I started watching it. And like, there are just so many moments in the show where I'm like, that is so healthy. Like, that is. <laughs> That is messaging that I really support. <laughs> oh, well, I want to watch that. I'm going to add that on my list. Jimmy Barton's stamp of approval. Okay, <laughs> what is your favorite drag queen name? Oh Lord, can I can I give my drag queen name as my? Well, favorite? that was going to be part two, but yeah, okay, your drag queen name then. Rita Libretto. Ooh. Now what? Now who is she? Yeah, is she? I feel she's very like. 1950s librarian like a like little I, nasty like, like is she nasty though librarian with with the ruler I, I think, you know like i don't think she's nasty i think she's a little jinx monsoon like she's she's a little like uh gosh uh like like your mom like your you know like like always trying to to encourage you in this direction but kind of like she's she's also the drag queen that would talk about sex toys you know okay. read it with with the purple with your purple glasses that you exactly. got or maybe the black ones with the the diamonds on the side oh yes oh those are wait here's carrie i love those oh i love me some pink anything carrie's favorite color is pink love it Jamie's favorite color is purple, and mine is. Okay, is that like really dyed, or is that a thing you put in there? No, that's really dyed. Dyed. Did it damage your hair? Girl, I damage my hair every time I blow dry it. Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> I love it. I think it's so awesome. <laughs> I kind of wouldn't mind some hot pink in there, but I don't think I'm brave enough yet. See, well, I do, it under, do, like, do it underneath. I was gonna say, do some like low light rose gold. Yeah. I think it looks great. Idea. You know what? Why not? If not now, why not? Yeah. When? If you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? Well, yeah. Very seriously speaking, actually, this is not very damaging. They they put uh, they they bleach it out in order to be able to you know take the color. Okay. Have like overtone does these really wonderful semi permanent uh, dyes that will stay in for a couple of weeks and then just oh. gently wash out. So if you ever want to try a creative color, get some overtone of the the. Uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I actually have the rose gold in my bathroom right now. <laughs> That's really tempting. I see my hair girl on Thursday, Cher. Hey, Cher, you're awesome. Uh, and so I really, uh, I love her. She does, I'm not naturally blonde. So this is effing amazing to me that she can do that. Yeah. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah. But, um, so I might, uh, we might have a little conversation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Okay. Uh, oh, is it my turn? Yes. Best piece of advice that you've been given thus far? Oh my God. In your life or in your career? Mm -hmm. uh, you know what? The first one that comes to mind is take your time. Because uh, what we do is a marathon, not a sprint. True. Yeah. That's Tortoise cool. in the hair. That's what we always, my husband and I say. Tortoise in the hair. You choose which one you want to be and either is an option. Okay. Where do you keep you're a Cardiff singer of the world trophy. And do you carry it with you in your suit? Oh, there it is. Yay! <gasps> oh my gosh, that's so cool. That I is so just added this golden unicorn trophy to my case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's where they are. Oh my it's gosh, that's so cool. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. We love that. Yay! Hilariously enough, when I moved into this condo, they had left this glass case, and I was like, great, a place to put my trophies. Perfect. <laughs> I love that. Sharing. Yeah. My turn? Yeah. Okay. Um, since we talked so much about our bodies and health and all that kind of stuff, is there a body part of yours that you love the most? Absolutely. Absolutely. I... <laughs> I really love my butt and I love my butt because it's not I, I don't really have a voluptuous butt there, there have been so many years where I like wish that I had like a, a big old juicy butt mm -hmm. mine mine is tiny but mighty I love my butt tiny I, but mighty hashtag number 425 <laughs> I have so many things I could say about that Jamie but you know what my husband would just kill me <laughs> all right 
So then what's, what's the best piece of advice you would give to people in Young. the business? The same yeah. thing? Oh. Do the work. Do the work. Um, and and that's, a, that's a pretty broad stroke there because sometimes it means like sit down and do the grunt work. You know, sometimes it means like highlight your score, translate things. And sometimes it means like give yourself the mental space to let your creative brain flow to figure out what you want to do next. You know, the work can go in so many different directions. But a lot of times when I'm feeling like the anxiety and the depression and I'm feeling kind of locked, you know, like I can't do anything. Mm-hmm the best piece of advice that has gotten me through has just do the work take you know whether it be just standing up from the chair that i'm in and that's the first step <laughs> you know yeah, love that that's- i love that okay favorite there it is. Word. we ask everybody this what's your favorite cuss word any language vafanculo yes! <laughs> it's just so colorful <laughs> It's perfect. It's beautiful. I love it. We'll put a translation of that up there, but it's, yeah. All right. What profession other than your own would you love to attempt? Oh, professional cat lady for sure. Um, Oh yeah. We didn't even talk about that. Girl, girl. Like if, if I, I used to say a chef and then I realized that I would never sleep if I were a chef, like you have to be up really early and you're usually there very late. Right. Um, so I've decided that if opera singing doesn't work out, I'm going to open up a cat cafe and it's going to be a place that fosters, uh, cats until they can find their forever homes and also has delicious beverages. Oh, I love that. So you're a cat lady and I sent you a big old picture of my big dog. (laughs) I love it. Listen, I'm, I'm an all animal kind of person. I just happen to be like in keeping an animal within my space. A cat lady. That's her cat. Perfect. All right. Last question. Last question. Hey, if heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say as you walk through the pearly gates? Get your ass in here. (laughs) Vafangula. Get your ass in here. (laughs) You can't say Vafangula to God. Oh my Lord. I think God can say whatever she wants to. Yes, very much. Thank you. Sorry. Yes, she, he, whatever can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and on that note, we we enjoyed the giggles. Thank it you. Very important. We have been having crapola times here the last few weeks. So to, to chat with you and to giggle with you has been deliciously wonderful. Yeah. Man, to start the day off with a smile on my face like this, that's that's a gift. So thank you for you. Thank for, for you. So good to, Carrie, so good to get to like actually meet you, not just like crash your dinner party. And then Sandra... <laughs> Man, it's been forever. Like it's I know, so I know. Well, now that you don't sing all the, that Donizetti Bellini stuff. Well, I do sing the Donizetti Bellini stuff. I just don't sing Giovanna. Giovanna <laughs> is done. Are, are you still doing Sada? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, then, well. well and girl, are we still on in a couple of years for another project that Verity might have written? Yes, we are. Fabulous. <laughs> Cannot wait. Oh, we're so silly, aren't we? I love it. All right, but you take care of yourself, and as soon as the requests come in from the from all the people the dating app, uh, we will forward them to you. Absolutely, no problem. (laughs) We'll send them out. Mm -hmm. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.